From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you fun seekers. Uh, this is Patrick Timpone. We're live here, 25 October 2022. If you'd like to join the show, you can talk to our guest, Martin Armstrong, the legendary Armstrong, Mr. Armstrong of Armstrong Economics, 888-663-6386, and email Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. It's a full moon eclipse in Scorpio, which we did at 5.45 this morning. So if I look a little weary, I was out there talking to the moon uh, early this morning. It was quite fun. Well, we are going to have a good time this morning. There's so much going on in the world of economics and geopolitics. You can talk to this fellow once a week and still not stay up with it. He's got a great website, armstrongeconomics.com. He made friends with and created a, an AI guy called Socrates that he feeds all this information into this computer. And uh, that's that's how he works. And he deals with um, investors and companies around the world and have been involved in this for a very long time and used to drink uh, martinis with some of the big shots years ago uh, before I, before they didn't listen to him. And then he did something else. And he's here this morning. <laughs> You got, you got a lot of world leaders that didn't listen to you years ago, Mr. Armstrong. When you deal with governments, you begin to realize one thing. <clears throat> if I said, <clears throat> you know, the world's going to end in, in 20 years, they go, yeah, okay, fine, I might not be here by then. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will do anything uh, long term. Yeah, yeah. It's like this immediate election. That's all I care about. Um, Pretty much, and, it. and mm. it. And they also like crisis. Um, <clears throat> I mean, when I was young and naive, I thought I could actually do something down in Washington. And you begin to realize that you, you could even say, "Look, twenty-five million people will die," you know, next month. Well, <clears throat> maybe you're wrong. They would rather them die and then say vote for me i'll get the guy that did it <laughs> it's never changes from their that. perspective never it's like saying like if i was going to run for president vote for me because i saved your job mm -hmm. you're going to mm -hmm. look at me like well how do i know i would have lost it mm -hmm. and martin is that one of the reasons why uh, many people argue that china's on the tra trajectory more up even though they've got their issues because they're long-term thinkers oh yeah i mean mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we've had offices, you know, around the world. We still have an office in, in Beijing. Do you? And um, I never had to once um, even talk about cycle theory in, in Asia because it's part of their religion. Oh. And that's why, you know, Jing just you know, says basically uh, it's our time. He understands mm. that the West is falling. Mm. Yeah. Okay, it's cyclical. It's their turn to go down. That's it. Um, you know, we he all. Gets it's that. Like a he really gets game. that, right? He really gets it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he does. Yeah. It, it, it's it's mm. part of their religious mm. belief. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. The financial capital of the world has always moved, and, and that's what we have to understand. All right. <clears throat> Uh, it, it began with Lydia in Turkey, then the Persians took it, then the Greeks took it from, from them, then um, 
Macedonia from northern Greece took it from Athens. Uh, Rome took it from them. I mean, then Rome breaks up. I mean, it. then it ended up with the Germans, then the Dutch took it from the Germans, and the, then the English took it from the Dutch, <laughs> and then we took it from the English. Yeah, all right? yeah. Um, so where is it going to go I now? Mean, Beijing? Why, Are you saying it's going to go to Beijing? Or? Uh, Next oh, stop? yeah. No, it will. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, oh. You have to understand that the, the sanctions that the U.S. did against Russia um, was a nail in our own coffin. Uh, it, it's one thing to put sanctions between countries. When they went after uh, individuals and say, oh, well, they're oligarchs and they're holding money for Putin, which gonna, is all propaganda. We're going to take their yacht, right? We're going to take their uh, yacht. <laughs> um, then <clears throat> you're violating international law. Hmm. What made the world economy is that, okay, fine, I could buy property in Beijing, and I know I have a legal right to it, all right? If you suddenly get in the position that says, well, we don't like your country, so we're going to renege on all your, your own individual rights, then why should somebody from China invest in the United States if the United States can just seize your money because they don't like your government? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's they're undermining the very foundation of what made the world economy, you know, build up from World War Two. And this is why it's imploding. This is one of the reasons yes. why it's imploding. I mean, there has to be. Hmm. It's, it's the rule of law. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you, you know, why would you buy something in Germany if the German court says, well, you're not a German, so we're going to give it to this guy? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, then nobody's going to invest. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, let's start off with Russia because you you have a book and I read the I read the intro to it called "The Seizure of Russia" that's coming out next week, six hundred pages, and somehow through the grace of God or maybe you know somebody, you came up with some secret documents between Clinton and Yeltsin right years ago, and so you're arguing the part that I read, Martin Armstrong, that this whole Russia thing that's going on today started long ago started long ago oh yeah so so what did uh, you find what did you find well thanks to the freedom of information act all right uh the documents are now out mm -hmm. um i would say they probably withheld the most damaging ones <laughs> as they're doing with the kennedy uh issue um but when russia fell in 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 1991 and Gorbachev was there. Um, NATO invited Russia to join. And <clears throat> that's why you can Google it. There was a coup against Gorbachev and the hardliners who were the, the old communists. Mm -hmm. uh, and they basically staged a coup and, and trapped him in his... In his uh, uh, <clears throat> his villa for when he was on vacation and that's when yeltsin stands up on the on the tank and 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 the army stood down so the coup failed but the reason they were doing it was because nato invited russia to join and and the old communists saw that as a white flag surrendering to the united states sure 
Um, <clears throat> and I mean, that's just simply that was their perspective. And so ever since then, it's been um, this back and forth. And a lot of this, you know, propaganda against Putin is just completely, complete nonsense. Yeltsin was being attacked um, by the, the communists on the one side. They actually filed a, an impeachment motion to try and get rid of them to take the country back and recreate the USSR. The oligarchs were blackmailing them uh, on corruption uh, out of the Bank of New York. Hmm. Uh, and so <clears throat> that's why, you know, everybody was shocked, but uh, Yeltsin turned to Putin on August 9th, 19, you know, 99. Nobody knew him. He wasn't a member of either party. He wasn't an oligarch. Uh, and that's why he was so popular. All right. The people cheered and, and he was like, it had like almost an 80 percent uh, acceptance because they they knew he wasn't a politician. Mm. It was kind of like a Trump thing. Mm hmm in the sense he wasn't a career politician and his first statement was yes i'm not i'm new to politics all right um so and they knew he wasn't an oligarch so it was like the best of both worlds he wasn't part of the corruption and he wasn't one of the communists who was trying to take him back to the ussr now the documents that i have show clearly that the the oligarchs were talking to the Clinton administration, asking for their support. They were going to take over Russia and um, join NATO. We should have joined NATO before. So all this is in the in the official documents that come out. Wow. Uh, and uh, that's when <clears throat> actually I think it was started with Barisnovsky and Gazinsky, uh, who were the ones plotting against Yeltsin. And, um, you know, then <clears throat> as soon as, as he appointed, you know, um, Putin to succeed him, they immediately started attacking him. Oh, he's KGB. He's this. Well, you know, he was part of the a junior guy in the KGB who quit back in 1991 as soon as he was free to do so. Hmm. Um, he was the never KGB, high ranked. You hear the KGB thing a lot, don't you? They really run. Oh, yeah. With, they run with that. Yeah. Um, when the real guys that, you know, it was, it was Primakov, who was the head of, of really the, the securities division, and the communists were supporting him for, for the election. And so that's what they were trying to do was, was basically, you know, badmouth uh, Putin so that the communists could take over. And the people knew that, and they voted, you know, overwhelmingly for Putin. Uh, unfortunately, I think <clears throat> the United States was in with the oligarchs hmm. and they were looking at it, licking their ch chops about being able to finally get a hold of Russia. Uh, and so they just kept up the same propaganda. And <clears throat> I mean, I put out a blog and, you know, I also, you know, linked in the, the former head of of. Uh, the UK intelligence came out saying the same thing I said. You people don't realize you get rid of Putin. The people behind him are far worse. <laughs> yeah, they're real the rascals. The communists are yeah. still there. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. The guys who really do want the USSR. Putin is is his problem with the whole Ukraine thing that they're criticizing him over is that he is is too nostalgic. Kiev is where the original Rus came from. So it's to him, it's kind of like uh, London is to us. Mm -hmm. Um so he didn't want to bomb it. He didn't want to destroy it. And his first things, you know, don't fight us. You're our brothers. Um, and Yeltsin, if you look at it, um, he was basically elected promising to get rid of corruption and to, and to um, strike peace with Russia. And he's done exactly the opposite. Um, and why it is it's it's pretty well out in a lot of different press that Yeltsin, uh, I mean, Zelensky was then told basically not to negotiate. Uh, and you can also Google, you know, the Daily Wire. Um, Zelensky, the very day before Putin invaded, uh, Ukraine's going to seek to uh, rearm itself with nuclear weapons. I mean, it was, they were doing everything they could possibly do to get um, Putin in. The Minsk Agreement was brokered by Germany and, and France. The Donbass was supposed to be allowed to vote on their own separation. Um, historically, they're, they're Russians there. I mean, yeah. uh, they're not Ukrainians. Um, and <clears throat> this nonsense that uh, it, oh, it's Ukraine. Ukraine was never even a nation before. All right. 1991. And <clears throat> up to the river where Kiev is on, that was always the Russian Empire from the, the days of the czars. All right. So that's why that area is is occupied by Russians. Um, and I mean, we've had employees from Kiev and also from Donetsk. I mean, one of the girls from uh, Donetsk actually did all the translation uh, for the forecaster into Russian so mm -hmm. it could appear on Russian TV. Huh. So, I mean, um, you know, I'm very familiar with both sides. Uh, and <clears throat> so, so, uh, uh, so let's see. I, I was on, what did they want Clinton to do back then? What, were they ex what did they want him to do to, to get the USSR back in the, in the full there? Well, it was the oligarchs, uh, led primarily by Barishnovsky. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, there were seven of them. But he was wanted to be president. And uh, so the, the sales pitch was uh, they started, um, they got Yeltsin basically to uh, him and his family to steal some money in corruption run it through the bank in new york there was four billion dollars that was missing from um imf loans to russia <laughs> all staged through there and they they basically rigged it and as soon as that wire took place uh, <clears throat> edmund saffer from republic national bank who was in with them immediately called files a, a suspicious transaction report on the bank in new york 
So the feds run into the Bank of New York, uh, and this is in July of 99. They then go to Putin. Uh, I, I mean, they then go to uh, Yeltsin and say, if you don't resign, this is all going to come out Ooh. and you're going to go to prison. Ooh. So that's when he turns to Putin on August 9th. I see. All right. <clears throat> and so they were trying to basically take over Russia through blackmail. Uh, and Barisnovsky wanted to become president for life. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, all the documents show the promising, look, we're not into military, we'll join NATO, we're just businessmen. And uh, you have to understand that at the time, even that guy Bill Browder running around saying he's Putin's number one enemy, I mean, very nice. If he was, he should be dead by now. But uh, <laughs> uh, what... The scheme was, was that you take um, Gazprom, for example, uh, it, the stock trading in Russia was about, a, you know, one thirtieth of what it would trade uh, on a reserve basis on the London exchange against BP. So <clears throat> they were there to grab Russian assets. And then if they pulled this off, you're talking about they would have made 30 times their money. Hmm. I mean, a huge, huge score. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, so it, it's just, you know, a lot of this was basically you're talking about the people that were against them were the communists who did the impeachment motion. They were trying they were trying to take over Russia. They would have been the ones to reestablish the USSR. Uh, and the conversations I put in this book, I mean, I, I put in the whole thing because nobody's going to believe me. Uh, I mean, here it is. Here's the, the transcript from the government the of Yeltsin calling yeah. uh, Clinton saying, look, uh, Bank of New York, it's political. I'm sending over the Minister of Interior to investigate. Um, he then explains, look, I turned to Putin. Uh, I've been looking high and low. He will continue the democratic process. He's not, you know, and Yeltsin um, basically going through that whole thing. And then Clinton responding. And he says he's a very intelligent man. So everything that is there in the document show that he's exactly opposite the propaganda they've been putting putting out. Um, so it, it 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 just seems that that once more you, we have <clears throat> our own neocons, the John McCain, whatever, and you can read all the documents in this book. Uh, he knew what <clears throat> what these were. And everything he was out there saying was a lie. Uh, he was always trying to create World War III. Um, why? Who knows? But, you know, he, yeah. that's just the way he was. Yeah. And who, who do you think uh, is controlling Zelensky today, 2022? Oh, it's coming right out of the, out of the uh, Biden administration. Oh, um, not the people that control Biden? Biden controlling... Well, no, not Biden personally. It's, it's, I don't yeah. know much sure he can even control when he goes to the bathroom. Right, right. Um, it's a mixture of the controllers of Biden and Zelensky kind of thing. Yes, yeah. what you have to understand here is 
Um, the sources that I have are pretty adamant. This is a war for climate change. <clears throat> uh, 50% of the GDP of Russia is all fossil fuels. So they took out the pipeline um, and they, <clears throat> even if you go back to why did um, Obama want to invade Syria? <clears throat> it was because <clears throat> Qatar wanted to run a pipeline through Syria to take gas and to compete with Russia for into Europe. And <clears throat> Syria said no. So we then created false flags and, and sent in people that actually killed the you know, Syrians and tried to blame him. And, oh, he used gas. And, you know, Congress said no. Americans were just like enough of these endless wars. Um, and <clears throat> but that was all about trying to isolate Russia back then. Uh, the idea, kind of like a med medieval siege, if they cut off their ability to sell any fossil fuels to Europe, then Russia would fall. That was their idea, right? Yeah. Yes, that, that's been the idea all along. Mm. Um, whether it's true or not, who, you know, uh, that, that's, that's irrelevant. Um, <clears throat> we, we also have to understand, um, I mean, I knew Bill Crystal, who wrote the book. He was in chief of staff in the White House, uh, and he wrote the book that justified the invasion of Iraq. And the theory that these people have always used is that, oh, they're dictators. If we invade, overthrow them, the people will cheer because right. they'll be free and they'll love America. That's never happened. Same story throughout the world. It's always the same story. Same story. Same story. So they're, they're, this, this is why they demonize a head of state. It's psychological warfare. And as I said, the, the former head of, of uh, MI6 from UK came out and said, no, Putin is not the madman. I'm warning you, if you take him out, you're going to get much worse. Uh, because then what Putin has been vulnerable on in Russia is that he's been too soft on Ukraine. Uh, not hard enough. Now, if you're actually going to invade a country, you go in and the first thing you do is you take out the power grid. All right. Then you take out the communications. Then you take out the water. That's what we did to Iraq. Yes. All right. Yeah. He only just now is starting to, to attack the power grid. He had no intention of invading all of Ukraine or destroying Ukraine. I mean, if he had, they would have done it right away. So the, the hardliners, the old USSR people, uh, they would love to overthrow Putin. But they will be in there. And honestly, from what I hear, they would nuke Kiev in a heartbeat and then say, OK, who's next? Hmm. Oh, good. Do we fire and then they fire Washington? I mean, how far do you want to go with this? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's a real Mexican standoff, as they yeah. say. Indeed. Uh, uh, Martin Armstrong is with us, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. So in your um, best guess, I guess it's a guess, who blew up these pipelines, the two of them? If you had to guess. Oh, it was done with the U.S. I mean, I was can it? tell you that a 
uh, a drone was discovered. Uh, Sweden has it, but they're not talking about whose it is. Hmm. Okay. So they blew it up. Um, so, but you had mentioned earlier too that NATO wanted Russia to be part of them. I mean, isn't NATO the people that are trying to take over Russia? So I got confused. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, initially that was their proposal to Gorbachev. Ah, to Gorbachev. When 91, when Russia fell, mm. okay, um, then that was the proposal of the oligarchs. You support us, and then we'll join NATO. Nice. All right? Nice. So, uh, look, the, the problem, there was, uh, the reason we have the Second Amendment is from Montesquieu, who interviewed one of the greatest generals of Europe, the Prince of Savoy. And he said that standing armies are the problem. You see, kings had all these armies. They're paying for them all the time. Well, go, you know, let me get my money's worth. Go, go do something. So his conclusion was there should not be standing armies. So the Second Amendment was supposed to be a militia. That we were not supposed to have a standing army. And this is, brings me back to NATO. If Russia really joined NATO, all right, what purpose is it? Yeah, I mean, isn't NATO there to get rid of Russia, pretty much? I mean, then all, everybody that's there would have would lose their job or or whatever. They 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 have to always demonize Russia. They have to. Otherwise, if Russia is a friend and now capitalist, why do we need them? Um. <laughs> So they're always going to be, you know, against Russia, period. If it's right, wrong, or indifferent, it doesn't no, matter. It doesn't matter. Um, when I was in grade school in the 50s, they were telling us that Russia was going to nuke us any day. And I remember we did drills. Yeah. I mean, this is 1955, you know. Yeah, hiding underneath your desk. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> this going to if that was going to really do anything, right? But <laughs> Have you seen these videos out of New York, Martin Armstrong, where they're, they're actually telling people what to do if a nuclear war and they tell them people to stand in the center of the room not be by the windows and don't leave your house i mean i saw the video it was on yeah. uh, hey, look joe rogan the ran the video they're even doing this i know i mean every president up to now has always sought world peace all right nixon divided china and, and russia <clears throat> to separate them uh to create world peace hmm. all right here we have nothing but the opposite. You had every world leader, not just Biden, but every world leader out there, you know, talking World War Three. I mean, I, and in all honesty, um, they need war because the financial system is collapsing. It is collapsing, and we'll talk about that too. It is. Uh, and so That's how does war do it? it? Is it just productivity, put people to work and get money moving? No, no. no. How, what, what's the deal? The deal is they really um, will default on their debts and they get to restart all over again. And they're anticipating a <clears throat> Bretton Woods too. So they want to have this digital currency nonsense. Um, and... Just as I was said, the first thing you do is you take out the power grid. 
if we all have electric cars and all money is in the bank and it's only electronic and you take out the power grid, I think a lot of people are going to starve. You think? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, huh. It's just a, a harebrained idea. Um, <clears throat> you know, trying to shut down fossil fuels at this point, there isn't even an alternative. Yeah, I understand. Uh, New England's already, you know, rationing heat. You're seeing the same thing in Switzerland. Um, UK as well, right? UK. I mean, this is supposed to be good. Mm. <clears throat> Why is it not one leader <clears throat> is talking peace? <clears throat> I mean, I... Good uh, point. Uh, yeah, good point. I mean, <clears throat> we were trying for our conference to, uh, to get Henry Kissinger down. Right. I mean, he's, he's really my mentor on geopolitics. You know, political and analysis unfortunately um they said he's just not, not well doing enough. very well health-wise he is 99 yeah. <laughs> i knew it was kind of stretching it but you know um, <laughs> he's an old guy <laughs> um but i mean he's still his mind is still sharp yeah. but his, his health is starting to decline oh we always kind of looked at kissinger as a real yeah. rascal kind of swamp guy but not so totally he's a smart geopolitical oh, he, no i yeah. Henry uh, was very, very smart. Mm. Uh, and uh, he even said that, look, every president has always invited him to the White House since Nixon, except for Biden. Mine. Wow. Um, Henry understands geopolitics. He understands uh, what's going on. And he is, he, you know, he came out and said that you know, Ukraine should give up the Donbass. Hmm. And Zelensky came out and says, oh, this is not 1938, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, these people only want war. That's all they want. That's all they want. Wow. 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 I mean, Ukraine is going to be absolutely destroyed. Yes, sir. Because they, they will create a false flag. Uh Ukraine can create a, a dirty bomb uh, and blame it on Russia. And, and this is standard. I mean, you can Google uh, Northwoods project. Yes, sir. The U.S. has routinely always engaged in false flags. They did it with, with the uh, gassing of Syrians trying to blame it on, on Assad. Every time they, they have done this. Um, you know, the, the the first World Trade Center people were in prison. They drew the World Trade Center with planes going into it on their, their cell walls. They knew in advance. They knew, of course. And then I mean, it goes all the way back. Yes, it, it goes all, all the way back to, to Pearl Harbor and the Gulf of Tonkin. I mean, the same same thing. Everything. Everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, even Johnson said for all he knew, they were just shooting at whales that night. Um <laughs> That came out on all the tapes. Uh, most people don't realize there was a major Senate investigation into FDR because they had broken the Japanese code. They yeah. knew Pearl Harbor was coming. He moved the strategic ships out and he wanted that to destroy. And they called it the baited Japan uh, into doing it because Congress kept saying no to entering World War II. Yeah. And that, they just wanted to get into that war. That was, was that's, a, that's always what they want. Wow. Uh, um, you can Google it. Also, Germany put an ad in the New York Times. 
do not sail on the Lusitania. They're using it to right. sneak weapons over illegally to, to Russia. Uh, we will sink it. Oh, they shot down. They sunk a, a passenger ship. I mean, what was on it? I mean, um, <laughs> look, they never, ever tell the truth about anything. Uh, and they just want war. That's it. The big lie. That's what the great line in the movie Nixon, Oliver Stone, and he goes, it's the lie. <laughs> it's the lie that gets us every it's, time. We're, we're going through it again. Um, wow. And it, it's very bad because when you demonize a head of state as they're doing the Putin, uh, uh, I, you know, somebody sent me a, a, a screenshot from eBay. How dare they let any Russian sell anything on, on, on eBay? Um, it immediately goes down to all Russian people. In Czechoslovakia, they want to confiscate all the property of anybody who's Russian, and they have to prove they're not with Putin to get anything back. I mean, this is not the way international law is supposed to work. So I hear you saying that the real, when we're losing the rule of law, this is where things get really dangerous. That's what I hear you saying, right? Because anything can happen, right? Well, the, you, you've oh, already divided um, the world economy. When they, when they removed Russia from SWIFT, yeah. uh, that gave the incentive for China to do its chip system. Yeah. And I should point out, in 2014, when uh, Russia did annex uh, Crimea, at that time, Obama went to SWIFT and wanted to have them removed. And SWIFT said, no, hmm. if we do that, you undermine the entire financial system of the world. So they rejected it. So what did they do? They changed the head of SWIFT in 2019, and this guy does whatever he's told. Uh, by who? Whatever. Politics. The boys. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, I've worked with governments for 40 years. You cannot talk about something which you're doing is going to screw up the world economy 10, 15 years from now. I don't care. I might not be here. That's somebody else's problem. That's the MO. That's the drill. That's, the drill. that's, that's it. <laughs> so remove you know, Russia from, from the SWIFT system. That only helps me right now. I don't care what it does to the world later on. Mm -hmm. Do you think if the conservatives do as well as people are predicting that they slow this Ukraine thing down, or are they just as swampy, even the Republicans, and they'll keep the flow? What's your opinion? There are a lot of neocons, and they're both sides. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm afraid that they will... Um, keep Ukraine going, uh, maybe reduce it to some degree. Um, but, I mean, I will try my best. I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I wrote directly to, you know, Rubio because he was uh, out right. there, oh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Of course, he didn't respond. Though. Uh, I, I see you, you people are just, you're, you're, you're begging World War III here. Over what? A strip of land that's occupied by Russians for hundreds of years. Not Ukrainians. Um, Lots of Nazis, so it, right, are, are there too. Right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, 
all the you know documents have been released from the CIA. They, the Ukrainian Nazis uh, joined Hitler, uh, and Hitler promised them that their own country. Hmm. That was the whole thing. That was the deal. Wow. Hmm. And <clears throat> so they they killed over three hundred thousand uh, Polish. They hated the Polish as well, and Russians, um, and Jews. So <clears throat> there, there. <clears throat> I mean, you can read the accounts that these things are out there. They would take a pregnant woman, cut the fetus out, and then put in a live cat and sew her up. Oh my God. I mean, the, the accounts, even the German Nazis were horrified by what the Ukrainians were doing. Wow. I mean, and that says something. Wow. Um, and uh, Do you think Putin is going to be able to, to root these guys out, these Nazis? I mean, how do you find them and kill them? I don't, how does that work? It's, look, it is ingrained in, in Western society. Hmm. Um, as I said, we have one employee from uh, Kiev she's not a neo-nazi but when i say gee why don't you just give up the, the donbass and save your country oh if we did that russia would come in and take the whole country yeah, it, they're just brainwashed that way um uh we had a conference in in greece and she would not fly back to, to kiev <clears throat> through moscow she went off to, to Egypt, from Egypt to Spain, and Spain back home. Would not fly with one connecting flight through Moscow. Mm. They're Russians. I mean, so the hatred there, I know, personally, it goes back a long time. Long time. Hey, you hey, cannot hey. even go to dinner in Kiev and bring a bottle of Russian vodka. That is an insult. And the billions of our money, taxpayers, going to, to <clears throat> Zelensky, uh, I've seen lots of reports that this is just a big money laundering operation as well, Martin Armstrong. I mean, you don't know where this money's going. I have no, no idea. absolutely I have not. No idea. Um, <clears throat> look, the same thing. You can also Google it. All the arms and stuff we were sending in Afghanistan were being packaged and resold into American streets. No. Oh. Uh, you know, Obama had to come out and say, "Oh, gee, I didn't realize that," but. Uh, all our weapons were, were being sold in the black market domestically. Uh, drug dealers were getting them. I mean, you know, you could, one of the rocket launchers available if you wanted one. Um, why not? I saw where a lot of the, um, uh, uh, some, well, some of the uh, weapons are ending up being sold in Germany as well. Yes. I've seen stories about that. Wow. Well, you can also Google there's two French soldiers that quit. They went down there to, to volunteer. And they said, there's just stealing arms and selling them everywhere. Um, they just left. They said, this is not about democracy. <clears throat> it's, it's so, you know, Ukraine is historically the most corrupt country, perhaps in the world, if, certainly in Europe. Oh. Even the IMF refused to give money until they started cleaning up the corruption. <laughs> Even the IMF, which is Even the Even the IMF, and they're pretty corrupt themselves. Well, what about these stories of the bioweapons um, and then uh, in Russia, I'm sorry, in Ukraine, do you think these were true, and has Putin been able to get those out? Um, Bioweapon labs? They tried, I don't think they got They don't get uh, them. Oh, really. Wow. Um, <clears throat> this is just the way it is. It's, it, Ukraine is 
has been always a, a major area for laundering money. Yes, sir. And that, that's it. Has it been mainly uh, about uh, uh, Putin not wanting NATO on his border? Has that been the big deal for Putin? Well, that was the Minsk agreement the and the Belgrade right. agreement, all right, that NATO promised not to go into Ukraine. Right. And Russia promised not to go in. And most people don't realize, but Ukraine had more nuclear weapons than China. Really? So they gave them up. That was the deal in the Belgrade Agreement. They gave back all the nuclear weapons to Russia. Russia promised not to go in and NATO promised not to go in. That was the deal. Hmm. All right. Then with the 2014 revolution, Yanukovych was from the east. So he spoke Ukrainian, but with an accent. So the West basically didn't like him because he was one of these Eastern, really, uh, ethnic Russians. So that basically prompted the, the revolution there. And the agreement with at the Minsk agreement was that the Donbass wanted to separate because they were Russians. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to, to get a vote uh, to separate and form their own republic. Uh, and if that was simply done, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, but, you know, they used it as a, uh, a spearhead to, to basically do this. As soon as the 2014 election took place, <clears throat> an interim government was installed. And the people there were, were handpicked by the United States. They immediately <clears throat> raised an army and it went to attack Donbass. So it was the West that started the, the Civil War. Um, <clears throat> you can even find uh, John McCain was over there be, openly being pictured with the neo-Nazis and saying, we'll support you, we'll give you whatever you need. Um, and the CIA always protected them because they hated Russians. So not one Ukrainian Nazi was ever put on trial for all the things they did. Um, and Poland has come out and said Ukraine's never apologized for killing all the, the Polish that they did in a, ma- in a massacre. Um, they don't like anybody other than Ukrainian and they were trying to create their own country and they were doing the same thing of ethnic cleansing. Hmm. Um, so what do you think? So, so where does Putin go? Does he just keep going until, until, until? I mean, what does he do? I'm more concerned of what happens um, <clears throat> the first week in November. First week uh, in November? November 7th, yeah. Oh, you mean the election? No, no, it's actually more than that. Oh, okay. Um, it's the election, but it's also going to be a critical time for the Ukrainian war. Um, there, <clears throat> the scuttlebutt is that they will try and get a false flag before the election to save uh, the Biden administration. Um, created a, a, <clears throat> a dirty bomb and set it off and, bl- and blame Russia. Um, and then postpone the election, or may- not necessarily no. postpone it, but they think that they can win 
Uh, they're talking about maybe doing something, a false flag this Friday or by maybe November 4th or something like that. They need a few days to get people to riled up and see Russia did this again. So know, blah, keep blah, blah. Biden in there because we're going yeah, exactly. to fight Putin. Yeah. That's pretty smart if you think about it. It's stupid, but, it, you know. It's a, yeah, it's, they don't care how many people die in the process. What do they that's care? That's the problem. What do they care? Um, and a dirty bomb is basically, it's not a full nuke. It's, it's dynamite laced with the nuclear powder and pellets. So the land is destroyed. Um, it's not a, a mushroom cloud, but it, it pollutes everything in the in the area and and you know kills people with their radioactivity. Does it have long range effects like uh, regular nuke stuff, Mr. Armstrong? No, no, no. But it, it, it is more confined to an area. Uh huh. Um. Hmm. So. Um, well, they've been running with this nuke scare, as you know, for the last what uh, three, four, five months. So makes sense they're kind of priming people for this maybe well the you know the the ministry of um, military in russia called the united states uk france and turkey and he said we have proof that ukraine is going to to um use a dirty bomb and blame russia wow United States, France, and UK put out a joint statement. Oh, this is Russian propaganda, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and uh, they will prob they're probably the ones behind it. Uh, now, those three countries have never before ever issued a joint statement. Turkey did not join. I think they have a, a risk that uh, Turkey will you know, not, jo you know, we'll, we'll join more with Russia rather than NATO. Um, these things are just getting to be, you know, too outrageous. A and if they do that before the election, you know it's not Russia. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, he can't be that stupid to do something a few days before an election. Um, knowing that that would only help Biden anyhow. Yes, sir. Um, um, let's take a break. Martin Armstrong is with us. Martin Armstrong is Armstrong Economics. He has a new book coming out. You think next week or so it's going to be available called The Seizure of Russia and talking about this entire Russian thing that started uh, long ago, but also really uh, with secret documents he found with uh, Yeltsin and, and Clinton. Mr. A, we're going to just take a quick break and then when we come back, can we take a little trip around the globe or the earth and we'll yeah. talk about the Mideast, we'll talk about um, the, the dollar index, we'll talk about home prices, uh, interest rates, uh, inflation, a lot, of, a lot of really good stuff to kind of sink your teeth into and uh, see if you can uh, better manage whatever money we have in the bank or whatever these days. My name is Patrick Timpone. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. We have a few more days for this sale, and it's from Daniel Vitalis Colostrum, promo code TREAT20, promo code TWEET20. 
20. For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now I'm gonna be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are, even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Tastes great, it's got the fuel I need to get through the day, and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. You bet, it's a great product. They have four flavors, the original, uh, vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry, and a lot of other great items with Sir Thrival. Any Sir Thrival link, uh, oneradionetwork.com, you can click and, and right on the link, go there and get the colostrum. It's a great product. Use promo code TREAT20 for 20 percent off 20 percent off we've had a, a relationship with um this company for oh gosh a uh, long, long time i knew andrew goss uh, who wrote two books the secret world of money and uncle sam cooks the books when he started sdl and then he left us went to uh, where we go from here and we'll figure that out someday and his uh, partner um um fred dashevsky is now regrouped and rebooted the uh, company. It's called U.S. Coin Capital, and they deal only in real American money. So it's only um, product that was created at the Mint. Right now, they do have uh, what they call currency silver, pre-1964 dimes, quarters, half silver dollars, and they sell for silver content. You can talk to Fred, get some of those. And other than that, then they're all graded coins, and they're in the plastic cases, uh, and they're um, you know graded by third-party uh, CG, whatever that one is. You know what I mean. So you can you can get involved with uh, twenty-dollar gold pieces or just silver dollars or whatever you might uh, want to do. It is U.S. Coin Capital eight hundred eight seven eight two six four six eight hundred eight seven eight twenty six forty six. There's a lot of uh, talk out there now how seed oils are really one of the big problems with our health, and they're right. I mean, these canola oils, safflower oils, all the nonsense hydrogenated oils, you know, at the Safeway and the Giant, uh, these kind of things are very, very dangerous. Andrea Seed Oils is probably the most unique oil producer in the world. Andreas is a, a farmer uh, 
German um, Olympian and uh, very smart guy. German, you know how they get. They get really persnickety about things. And he's produced some seed oils with no or little or no friction, little, little or no heat, the most pristine um, oils that aren't rancid, probably the only oil in the world that's not rancid. I know it's a big statement, but I believe that to be true. So you have canola, I mean not canola, black cumin seed, you have coriander seed, pumpkin seed, black sesame seed, hemp seed, very powerful oils that you can use for healing and to just put in your body. And your body loves good oil, but there's very few good oils that are worth taking, very few. You don't even go, cold press means nothing. Check it out, it's on our website, Andreas Seed Oils, the most pristine oils anywhere on the planet, um, all in Myron Glass on OneRadioNetwork.com. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We have the honor of talking to Martin Armstrong from time to time. Thank you so much for coming on our show. It's fun talking to you, um, Armstrong Economics. So you have the backdrop of this AI, AI beam called Socrates, right, that you created what, long ago, and it kind of keeps you um, tapped in because you keep feeding it information, stuff, all the time. <clears throat> Tell folks yeah, about Yeah, I mean, it it, today it, it basically downloads all the data itself. Wow. I mean, it, wow. it, around the world. Where money is moving and interest rate, whatever, yeah. everything. I saw that back in the 80s, really. Uh, we were all in... Uh, Geneva dealing with the OPEC money back then. I was a hedge fund manager. And <clears throat> you began to see the capital starting to shift to Japan. And um, so we had opened an office in, in Japan and, and um, kind of a side type thing. I really didn't really you know have a lot uh, expectations with it. But the guy that was running it, um, Jack King, he said, look, you got to come over here. Yeah, I'm telling you, you don't realize. And I went over there and basically everybody that I knew, all the top uh, like brokers or Merle Lynch or whatever, everybody was there. Hmm. So it was like the capital was concentrating in Japan. And with that, all the, the top talent. So when Japan peaked in 1989, then the capital like looks around, okay, fine, what's next? Oh, Southeast Asia, boom, they ran down there. Uh, then that peaks in 94. Then, oh, okay, what's next? Oh, the Euro's coming, let's go over there. And uh, and Russia, oh, that you know blew up in 98. Uh, and you can read a, a chapter online from uh, Herbert Hoover's memoirs. And I suggest just read chapter 1931. And he talks about the same thing taking place back then. And he said, capital was acting like a loose cannon on the deck of a ship, shooting off in every which direction so fast we couldn't figure out where it was going next. Hmm. Uh, this is the way a real money moves. It, it, when Greece went into um, a default in 2010, 
you know, all the traders from the, the different banking desks, etc. they made a fortune on that. And they immediately go, oh, who's next? Oh, Spain. Yeah, let's go. And then they went to Spain. Then they go, okay, let's go after Italy. And then this is the way it is. It's like a, a pack of dogs that runs around the world. So Socrates tracks everything. Wow. And it can pick up the capital flows. Um, what... <clears throat> basically got me more in trouble with the government back then was the fact that I did a conference in, in June of 98 in London. And we put up and said, okay, fine, Russia's going to collapse. And I give it about 30 days. Uh, and <clears throat> uh, that ended up being the Russian financial crisis, long-term capital management collapsed, etc. And that's when the CIA called and they realized that our computer could predict things like that. Um, and <clears throat> I, I began to realize it could do war in the 80s when we had a client, Universal Bank of Lebanon. And they found their ledger down in the basement and somebody had written the British, you know, the Lebanese pound down every day in value. Asked us if we could build a model on it. I said, sure, you know, why not? We put it in and the computer came out and said the country was going to fall apart in eight days. I thought something was wrong with the data. I called them and I said, look, there's something's got to be wrong here. It says your country is going to fall apart in eight days. And very calmly, they said, well, what currency would you recommend? And I thought that was a very strange response. What do you, should we I, <laughs> I said, well, it says Switzerland. Okay, thank you. Eight days later, the Civil War began. Wow. Oh. Oh. I had another client in Saudi Arabia. He called me and he says, uh, uh, Iran's going to start attacking, you know, shipping in the Gulf uh, tomorrow. What do you think gold's going to do? I said, you tell me a war is going to start tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think gold's yeah, going to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, so when the Russia thing came, we saw 100 uh, billion going into Russia, but 150 billion coming out. Uh, we can't say who was doing it per se, but we're just looking at that the, the global capital flows and Russia collapsed. That was it. So that's when the CIA called and said, look, uh, you know, we want you to come down here and build this model for us. I said, look, it took me 17 years to build this thing. I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm too busy. I said, we'll be glad to run any study you want. Um, no problem. And uh, very arrogantly, they basically came and said, no, we have to own it. I said, sorry, not for sale. <laughs> um, I mean, it was just, you know, yeah, yeah. I understood from their perspective that they didn't want anybody else looking at this type of a, of a model. Interesting. Uh, Let, let's go to Japan. Um, you had mentioned Japan and I've been seeing some really weird things with the, uh, the yen and the dollar. I mean, some big drop. What's going on there? Short story, kind of. Japan is the second largest uh, sovereign debt that it, that's out there. Um, Japan would will fall before the United States. Uh, mm. You have North Korea shooting missiles over it. Uh, that has uh, the tendency to, to really rattle the, the cages over there, so to speak. It makes, you know, you're, you're looking at confidence. confidence. This is what, what Biden's done with Russia. You suddenly take 
a situation that nobody looked at before, and now it becomes uncertainty. Do I invest in Europe? Do I not? Mm-hmm. Will there be a World War III? Do I pull out? Mm-hmm. So now you're seeing the same thing in Japan. Oh, they're shooting missiles over. I see. Over, you know, is it safe here? Are we going to go with war with North Korea? Um, you know, what about Taiwan? You know, you create this uncertainty. And when that happens, that's when capital contracts. All right. So right now, capital has been contracting into the dollar. Into the dollar. All right. The dollar is very strong right now. What is the USD this morning? What is it, 111, something like that? Yeah, I mean, you have the gold bugs that keep saying, oh, the dollar is going to crash. You know, they, they don't understand the world economy. Hmm. Um, that's the end result, okay? Yeah, that's but, at the end of the day uh, when the whole thing Yeah, goes. I mean, right. first what happens is the peripherals decline first, okay? So Europe, you know, breaks. You see the crisis in, in the, the debt markets in, in the UK. Yeah. You see crisis in Japan. So the capital comes here. All right. If you look at the United States, we were a uh, emerging market. We were bankrupt in 1896. JP Morgan had to lend $100 million in gold to the U.S. Treasury to bail us out. It took World War One and World War Two made the United States the financial capital of the world because all the money came here. When tanks are running down the street, blowing up the banks and stuff, you are going to leave your money there. It got on every boat, every plane that possibly could, and they all came to America. So um, so a lot of EU money is coming here now as well because of the absolutely. Bank, banking over there looks really not good. It's... Um, not good. The... <clears throat> These things come in stages. Mm-hmm. All right. We're in the middle of a, a really a liquidity crisis. That's what you had with Yellen coming out and, you know, and even people misrepresenting that. Oh, you know, she's trying to turn the Treasury into a second central bank. No. All right. <clears throat> the Fed, when it takes in debt, it creates the money. It yes. has the power to do so. Yes, sir. What she is doing is talking about an interest rate swap. She will take in the long term and issue short term. With the Fed. All right. Yes. No, no. At the Treasury. See, I don't understand. So the money stays the same. She's reducing the yield curve. Because of uncertainty. Can you explain that like we're a young child or a golden retriever so we understand what she's doing? (laughs) Because I I don't, you know, I understand a lot of this, but I don't get what you just said. Okay. Real simple. The problem is uh, the lack of liquidity is that that took place in the UK. Okay. Is that the pension funds and life insurance they no longer want the 10-year bonds because 10 years is an eternity. From the UK or from us? That was from the UK. Okay. That's what started over there. Okay. Okay. So then you had this whole crisis. She has come out and said basically the same thing. Now, you have two real problems going on and that the press is not talking about. The Biden administration as well as the European administrations because of Ukraine, they have been increasing their expenditures dramatically. Yeah. 
Okay. <clears throat> when the government sells debt, it does so to the primary dealers, to the banks. The yes. banks then resell it. Yes. Okay. The bank has to have a balance sheet in order to <clears throat> buy the 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 debt. The debt. Yeah. All right. The debt is increasing so fast the banks don't have the balance sheet to buy it. So why don't they just sell it straight to the Fed? They do, right? A lot. Fed can't do everything either. All right. The Fed is 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 trying to deal with the inflation side. Um, so they're raising it, the whole thing is a complete mess. <laughs> all right. Just, so what Yellen is saying? Yeah, on the swaps thing. She's going to buy in the thirty-year bonds. Buy-in meaning sell thirty-year bonds. Take them back. Oh, take them back from the Fed. From the market. And where is she going to get the money to do that? She then issues the short-term debt. Oh, to to pay so the to pay the people who's got the thirty. Exactly. She's okay. swapping. Okay. It's a swap. Okay. Swapping the thirty-year for thirty day. Okay, thirty day. Whoa. So this is the problem that she's then now at this time making the treasury uh, much more susceptible to interest rate changes. Yes. Okay. Before they weren't right. They would just get a deal well, from the, the Fed. I, or, yeah. The ideal is if you issue thirty-year debt, interest rates go up or down. That's the other side. It's the buyer's problem, not ours. Right. 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 By shortening the yield curve. The U.S. expenditures are going to go much more ballistic. The interest on the debt? Very volatile. The interest on the debt? Yes, it's already increased. You can look at the, the charts right? from the- What is it, 800 billion the, a year or something? The Federal Reserve. It like, shows the interest rates look like a sky you know, yeah. sky shot taking off. So is old Janet doing this just to pile on and crash this thing? Or what's, what is she smoking? No, no, no? She's, she's, she's just not trying to- hold the system together I see. after what she saw in in, in london ah. um but what <clears throat> is happening here this is phase two okay phase one was the repo crisis yes reverse re repo thing that was u.s banks not willing to lend to european banks mm-hmm you had Merkel at the time come out and said, if Deutsche Bank goes down, that's it. We're not bailing, bailing it out. So why would a U.S. bank take anything overnight from a European bank if it knows the European government will not bail it out? Hmm. It becomes a Lehman problem. All right. They go down. They go down. So the repo crisis was your U.S. banks refusing to deal with the European banks. That's why the Fed had to step in and become the market maker in repo. Ah, okay. So that was the first crack in confidence. The second one now is <clears throat> the liquidity crisis is the crack in the confidence in government debt itself. All right, so we move from the banks to now the governments. The third one will be defaults on the debt. We've got about, they say 31 trillion in bonded debt. I know it's 35 or 40, right? They, they, Even that's irrelevant. It, why the is it irrelevant? The sovereign debt is around 226 trillion. Oh, you mean if you do everything, the whole package, yeah. And, 
and not just the United States. I mean, um, we're talking about the U.S. Treasury market's about twenty-five trillion. All right, and <clears throat> we're looking at all the sovereign debt. Europe, oh, everybody, Asia, everybody, yeah, yeah. That's what went down in nineteen thirty-one. All right. Um, all the European governments just defaulted on their debt. That was it. Um, Britain went into a moratorium. It, it, it came back, but it suspended, you know, suspended paying any interest on it. Um, so this this is the second crack where we're talking about the lack of confidence, liquidity crisis, and government debt. Then the third one is going. We're going to start seeing defaults. Now, when you say that we're going to start seeing defaults, do we have any idea of when? Does that mean that the Treasury would actually default on sovereign on treasuries? I mean, that's... No, the okay. U.S. will not be... Okay. It, we're looking at outside the United States. Outside the United States. Okay. That yeah. will start probably next year in 23. It'd be like Germany, uh, England... Had you, you bring on war, and that's what they want to do. That's how they get out of it. That's how they get out of it. Um, Is there something in the contract if you buy like European other debt that if there's a big war that you 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 can get out essentially? No, there's no. not. But they'll do it because who's going to stop them? Governments can do whatever they want. Yeah, they do whatever they want. If General Motors went into default, they go into bankruptcy. They sell off their assets. You get something back. When a government goes into default, you get nothing back. <laughs> Zero. What, what happened to the days when treasuries were safe? You know, this is what people bought in, and all the pension funds with treasuries. What a disaster that is. That's the problem. All the European pension funds Jeez. are basically bankrupt. Jeez. That was part of the problem in London. Because they've been getting lower interest rates for years, and they, their whole model is built on a higher interest rate return, correct? They need 8% to break even, and they took interest rates to negative in 2014. So they've been, they've been going red for years. Yeah, I mean, this is what Klaus Schwab is saying. When you own nothing and be happy, <laughs> he's trying to make it sound they're going to do this for you. Yes, for you. When it's them that, you know, it's the governments that will default. But if the governments default, there goes your pension fund. So then they've replaced that with guaranteed basic income. Oh, I see. So a big pension fund say it's broke, but then we're going to give you some digital whatever we got so you don't starve. Exactly. Yeah, so you don't starve. Um, so then you get basic uh, income and whatever you thought you were going to get for the rest of your life is gone. Well, that's not good. Well, look, this is... I, like, I've been dealing with them for 40 years. And as I said, there, there's just no talking to them. Um, is there I've anything that can that, derail? Know, can, is there anything that can derail this big, great reset digital thing at all, or do you believe this is like baked in the cake, Martin Armstrong? No, it is baked in the cake. Is it, it's, I baked, mean, it's baked in. Look, it, they've been borrowing since World War II with no intention of ever paying anything back. All right. Right. Um, they run a deficit every year. How can the Democrats even run for office without promising, vote for me and I'll give you this or that? Yeah. 
they they don't it, it, it's it's ingrained in the way they even run for office so you know you think that there a democrat would ever run for office and say vote for me and i'll reduce what you're going to get <laughs> uh it's not going to happen don't get a lot of votes uh, don't get a lot of votes. What, what about this eight trillion dollars or eight point seven nine trillion on the fed's balance sheet right now they have to unwind this at some point too don't they well, they're doing that at about sixty billion a month right now, um, and that's part of the problem as well. So the Fed is independent, right? Uh, it's not the evil, you know, villain that everybody likes to point at. I mean, that is politics. That's Congress. All right, uh, the Fed has no control over the fiscal side of the budget. Right. Right. Oh, it can, you know, it, when this whole Keynesian economics idea came forth, we had balanced budgets. Really? All right. Then? Now what's happened yeah. is government is the biggest borrower. Yeah. All right. So raise interest rates. It stops us from buying something. Does it stop government? No. No. And they'll just sell treasuries no to, they'll just sell treasuries to whoever will take them, right? They don't care. Whatever exactly that's yeah. it no. so it's it's the system is collapsing the theory was you raise interest rates that affects the demand but it never took into consideration that the government surpassed the united you know the people and it is now the demand so all this money is throwing out the window in ukraine um it's absurd and as interest rates go up you know the government's not doesn't create money the fed can create the money yeah right so so but the has, government creates the debt yeah 30-year fix and that I, is money that pays interest yeah that's right and i think interest on the debt i i need to check but i think it's close to six seven hundred billion a year that we we the people pay on the debt it's a lot oh yeah that's a lot and it's going up Right. So a uh, 30 year fixed this morning, about seven and a quarter, which means the housing thing is going to be it's not going to be pretty moving forward. Right. What's interesting on the housing is you have a few trends going on. One is that people are trying to get out of the cities that were the most draconian. Right. <clears throat> so you have a shift that way. Um, and then secondly, uh, I was talking like down here in Florida <clears throat> to a realtor right now, and um, he's saying houses that are like a million and a half and up, people are just paying cash. Paying cash? Cash. That's it. Whoa. So it, clearly they're just trying to get money out of the bank and just parking it someplace. But the high end properties, they're just paying cash. They're not doing mortgages. Wow. No kidding. Isn't it better so to let the, the bank own it, though? Great. Isn't it better to let the bank own the thing? I mean, the worst that happened, you give it back to them. Well, they're worried about, you know, the <clears throat> the dollar being canceled. You're getting, you know, uh, digital I, currencies and stuff like this. So, I see. Um, yeah. I mean, even if you look at Germany and the hyperinflation, uh, anything tangible survived. Hmm. So when they, they, they started a new currency in 1925, it was backed by real estate. Um, so it, it's, you know, art, um, collectibles, 
uh, gold, silver, real estate, tangible things. Tangible, yeah. Um, that's all that ends up being tangible. Because uh, you change the currency and then whatever the house is, it's re-denominated in whatever new currency you're talking about. Does that mean, uh, in your opinion, sir, that, that someday when this all comes through, who knows when, that then this gold, the spot prices of gold and silver will go up as all the gold bugs have thought for years? In your opinion? Well, eventually, yes. Okay. But with, you know, the problem is with them is that they only look at the United States. Right. They don't look outside the country, and you know, uh, you know the the limbs of the of the of the giant start falling off first before it gets to the center. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the core economy never collapses first in history ever once. Uh, so the U.S. will be the last. Will be fall. the last to go. Will be the last. Can you predict when that would be? I mean, you'd probably be Nostradamus probably, if you could. I would say the earliest that you're looking at is like 2028. Whoa! And really? most likely, you know, around 2032. Really? Wow. Um, <clears throat> we'll have a new currency. Um, what will happen is that the debt that we have they will default on uh, when everybody else is defaulted they will eventually have to do the same right. uh, and you then restart from ground zero start I mean, over. that's what they did from World War two start over so um, does that mean in your opinion I don't want to put words in your mouth the stock market most of our listeners have their stuff in the market 401ks the you know the Dow and that what, what can you talk about what you think is going to happen there? Do you think people should get out now or what? Well, I mean, it all depends on what you have. Okay. And we're, we're not looking at a 1929 that, you don't think? that people were talking about. That's nonsense. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> yes, the market will be uh, soft probably going into the first quarter of 23. Mm -hmm. Then you have to understand when the geopolitical issues start perking up over there in Europe. Yes, sir. That money's coming here. Got to. Right? Now, they have a choice. Yeah. Buy U.S. government bonds or buy U.S. equities. The smart money's going to start going into the equities. Oh. So we don't see the the Dow dropping, you know, to 10 cents on the dollar. I mean, you just don't it see did it. fantastic. Put everything you possibly could and buy it. Mm. But um, uh, that's just not going to be the case. Is the foreigner, you know, you can go to our site, you can take a chart of the Dow and plot it in any currency you want. You can see that the Dow is not declining in terms of euro or um, even yen because those currencies are hit even more. Yes. Okay, so from the European perspective, the Dow has not gone down as much as what we see in dollars. I see. So our folks that are listening in, in the market with their everything they've got you're you're saying your opinion that they're going to be okay for a while yeah you're going to be under stress into sure. at least january yeah all right um then you have to understand if the war then perks up in in ukraine which it, it appears to be going to do yeah um it will be like world war one and world war two the capital will has to come here. over has to come over where else are gonna, where else are they going to go right uh and that's why i say the dollar will be the last to fall hmm. Hmm. 
Mm. Okay, they don't envision Russia invading, you know, New York City. You know, <laughs> let's uh, take a phone call for you. Good morning. Thanks for holding. Who's this? This is Sean up in Seattle. How are we doing? We're doing good, Sean. What can we do for you? Well, you know, I know nobody has a crystal ball, but uh, I wanted to uh, scale of one to ten on the CBDCs on uh, a timeline. If if he if he did create his own crystal ball of uh, the oh, when they would CBDC. come out, Sean, like in this country, the CBDC. Yeah. yeah, one one year, five years, three years. Okay, you know, Mr. Armstrong. Yeah, we're looking at the financial stress increasing dramatically next year uh 2023 is basically it um so i, I would be <clears throat> very concerned about uh we're dealing with uncertainty in asia as well as europe and volatility loves uncertainty so that's why you're, you're looking at at um all these things basically going up. I mean, it, it's just, it's not a question of a crystal ball. Are you, are you, do you think that the CB, the central bank digital currency thing could happen as early a year, as early as a year from now or not? Europe is trying to do, yeah. to do so. Right. Um, <clears throat> they may end up using the uh, Ukrainian issue for that because it's Europe that's defaulting. All right, so they will probably try the digital currency first. Um, <clears throat> they're much more further ahead than we are. And the dollar, can you hazard a guess? When? It depends upon the elections. I'm not really sure that that uh, the U.S. will go that route as soon as uh, everybody else. It's not really practical. As I said, if you take out the the power grid, then you can go buy you know milk and bread. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it, it's it's something a bit different. But where we're looking at with the digital currencies, as far as Europe is concerned, they will try that first to stop their default, just seizing people's monies, etc. Right. And, and 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 I should point out. <clears throat> Uh, there's a lot of people look, talk about, you know, the German hyperinflation, etc. You can go on eBay and, and even buy them. In December 1922, Germany was also facing a default. So what did they do? They confiscated 10% of everybody's assets and banks. Oh, good. They issued bonds to pretend they were going to pay them back, which they never did. So you can buy the bonds on eBay. Um, they're not that expensive. Um, but that's what started the hyperinflation. Suddenly, you saw your money in your bank and it wasn't safe anymore. So they started converting it to absolutely every currency um, under the sun. That's probably what we're going to see. History repeats from the standpoint that human nature never changes. So when Europe is this increase in, in problems and tensions in Europe, when they realize that this is coming back to bite them, they will probably do the same thing. Hmm. Somehow, what percentage, you know, I don't know, but um, they might just confiscate everybody's assets or whatever. I mean, I can tell you that 
in the United States, if you buy anything from overseas, Customs is now reporting it to your local state so you you pay sales tax. They're all desperate for money. Wow. Uh, did that help you, Sean? Well, you, I guess a little bit. Yes, it did. Uh, it was a faster timeline than I was thinking just because of, you know, the geopolitical side of it. But, uh, yeah, I'm sitting on cash. I closed out bank accounts here 18 months ago because did they had screwed up so many times. And so we have $100 bills stacked uh, <laughs> plenty high, and I got plenty of friends. And we got I got a couple of friends that got over a billion dollars sitting on pallets. And, you That's know, crazy. All right. Uh, All right, Sean. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I wanted it. to know... Yeah. What 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 would you put your cash into, or just uh, keeping the cash, cash uh, right now? Hmm. Well, the cash is probably going to be king at least until early twenty twenty three. I think um, the U.S. I should say this: seventy percent of the paper dollars circulate outside the United States. Right. So the U.S. has also never canceled its currency. Europe cancels currency all the time. Yeah. Canada just passed uh, its own law and canceled all the old currency as of January, um, you know, last year. So the U.S. has never done that, and there will be a a lot of resistance to it. Uh, But we you can also buy, you know, probably on eBay or other places. We used to issue even ten thousand dollar bills in 1934. Today, the highest bill is, is 100 bucks. $100, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I would say cash for at, at this stage in the game, uh, and I don't see them as canceling that because it would, it would create a tremendous problem internationally. Um, dollars are circulating in China, Southeast Asia. I mean, I went to Greece, and they knew I was American, and they said, we'll give you 10% off if you give us in dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be a real mess. Uh, uh, it would be much more of a mess uh, for the U.S. to cancel the currency than Europe. Europe, they're, they're, they're used to doing so. Yeah. Uh, Britain cancels the currency. I think they just canceled the, the 10-pound notes. Um, wow. Okay. And they, they do it all the time. Okay. And Canada is now starting. So the U.S. is the only one that's not. Um, and I'm more concerned about the elections uh, because nobody's going to accept whoever wins. So either way, this thing comes it's out. It's not going to be good. Uh, yeah. It's not going to be. Good. We're, we're looking at civil unrest. You're, you know, um, the the latest poll that just came out today: more than seventy percent of Americans think the country's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, mean, Sean, let, let, me get, let me let me let me let me disconnect with Sean. Sean, thanks for calling. Appreciate appreciate your call. Yeah, it's um, you know, um, I mean that's a heck of a number. I know it's it's, cr- it's crazy. Okay, before we go, a couple of the places I'd like to ask about. Um, so in the seventies, uh, interest rates went to what uh, Martin Armstrong about fifteen percent, right before. Right when gold turned to eight fifty spot price, right early eighties. Fourteen, and that yeah. was actually nineteen eighty one. Nineteen. Well, Reagan just came in. So you think we're going to go that high again? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, the main reason is that um, <clears throat> I think Powell is a bit smarter than Volcker. Huh. 
um, I mean, I, I knew Paul, um, you know, back then they were looking at gold. His gold was his major issue. All right. Um, he raised the usury cap uh, in order to go up to 14%. Huh. So today you can pay 25% interest on a credit card where back then it was illegal. Um, <clears throat> Powell realizes that the central bank, uh, the Fed is now the world central bank. Hmm. So raising interest rates, you had all these emerging markets issue debt in dollars. It's part of the problem in China. And I can tell you that China also was lobbying the Fed, please don't raise interest rates. Why? Because China warned its provinces and its banks not to borrow in dollars. They didn't listen. They borrowed in dollars because they thought it would be cheaper on interest rates. Huh. Now the currency goes up, they lose, you know, they're getting wiped out. Um Sri Lanka, all these em emerging markets are starting to collapse because they issue debt in dollars. In dollars. So, so as the, the interest rates the go Fed up, they, yeah, they get poor. Rates, yeah, they get poor, right, as the interest rates go they up. Can't make the, they can't pay the debts. Then what happens is they issue them in dollars so they could sell them to the pension funds because the pension funds couldn't get yield over here. They needed that 8%, so they were buying the emerging markets at a, at a higher rate, <clears throat> basically just to make the yield. And now the Fed raises rates, emerging markets, they don't hedge, they didn't know what they were doing, and now they're blowing up. Hmm. So this whole thing is just one giant mess. Um, and the Fed, I think, is realizing it's got problems because it is the central bank for the world. Hmm. And if it ke keeps raising the interest rates, it's going to blow up Europe, it's going to blow up all the emerging markets, uh, and even put China more into, into a crisis. So, um, there, there's a lot of countries, Jordan, Egypt, even Iraq, other places are getting out of the dollar thing, and um, Saudi Arabia is throwing Biden under the bus. What's, what's this area of the world in the Middle East how is this affecting the dollar um, big picture? Nothing really. Nothing. Uh, the dollar strength is also geopolitical. Uh, so as the war, you know, escalates over there, and it will, um, they want it to, uh, the dollar becomes the only place. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's... <clears throat> You know, Biden is got to be the world's worst president I think we've ever had. I mean, <laughs> it's like a mess. Right? Wow. Uh, you know, going to sort shutting down our production, then going to Saudi Arabia and say, well, don't cut before the elections. And then they say no. And then he's, well, there'll be repercussions. I'm going, you know, what are you going to do to them now? You know, I mean, who else do you want to really, you know, just honestly just get mad at you in the world? I mean, let's get everybody, you know, pissed off at America. I don't know. Um, no. it, it's like they think that they have ultimate power in Washington and nobody else is 
can even hold a candle. So you think this hubris is going to be karmic uh, canuppance someday, the hubris of the United States? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, it, it, in a way, it's history repeating. Mm-hmm. Athens was the financial capital of the world. Uh, it, it's arrogance. It, it was charging all the Delian uh, League money every year. Say, well, we'll protect you against Persia. Well, Persia never bothered to invade again after they lost. Uh, and it was just really basically, you know, uh, extortion. And so that was the Peloponnesian War. Uh, they all joined up, uh, left a- Athens, joined Sparta, and Sparta took down Athens hmm. in 404 BC over arrogance. We are doing the very same, same stupid thing. Same thing. Well, you can't be arrogant like this to the entire world. Yeah. You just can't. It's interesting that the uh, UK put in a globalist Goldman Sachs guy into the prime minister. Wow, that's curious. You know, <laughs> <coughs> look, Goldman Sachs is the squid. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And the uh, word around the campfire that old Prince Charlie is a whole lot more globalist than the Queen was, and he's got a lot of power too. He's buddy buddy with uh, Klaus Schwab. With Klaus Schwab, yeah. Um, yeah. Believes in the Great Reset. Yeah. Uh, yeah shutting down fossil fuels. He's he's 100%. all in. He's all in. Huh? So Europe's going to have a hard time with the whole energy thing this winter, right? It's not going to be good over there. No, it's not. I mean, it, it's. Um, I, I think you're looking at major civil unrest next year. I mean, we even have, like I said, you know, New Hampshire, they're even talking about shortages and rationing heat. Really? Americans have never done this. Um, and it's all be delivered because of what Biden has done. Um, it, it's just, it's it's unbelievable that, you're shutting down fossil fuels before you have anything in place. I mean, you, you can't even make that up, Martin Armstrong, right? No, you, you, you can't. You, you I mean, can't even make that up. It's like, yeah. And What I get out of Washington is they don't care. Yeah. They want to destroy the productive capacity to produce fossil fuels because they're afraid when the conservatives get back in, they'll only ramp it up. So they have to destroy the capacity to end the ability to even produce it. That's what this is about. That's why uh, really this war with Russia, they're calling it really the climate change war. It's to shut down Russia because 50% of its GDP is all fossil fuels and they just want to kill it. So big picture, if you're running with this Green New Deal thing, the Schwab and these globalists, um, they know that they can't do it in this. It's almost as, it's like they just want to destroy the whole thing. I mean, just to bring, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, they, they just want to bring this whole thing down and do something else. Boom. Look, I mean, <clears throat> you know, Zelensky gets uh, information also from Schwab. Yeah. Um, yeah. Schwab is an academic. Yeah. And he only deals in theories. He has no practical, real experience. Um, and, you know, it, it's been ironic, but, you know, Schwab and I go end up going 
back and forth all the time. I mean, it's really, I started our World Economic Conference 1985. He started his first World Economic Forum 1987. Um, <clears throat> we said 19, 2032 is going to be a big, you know, a, a major great reset. He says, Oh, the great reset. I mean, the, the guy that did the movie on me, Mark, is better. Uh, he then called him and said, hey, I want you to do a movie on me. Uh, <laughs> so he did a, the forum on him. I mean, it's it's been back and forth between the two of us. I mean, Nigel Farage came and spoke at our 2019 he? conference. And he stood up and he says, of course, I'm here. He said, Armstrong is the alternative to Davos. <laughs> the Davos alternative. Uh, a final email. This one is from... George, so what is Martin Armstrong advising his clients to do for safety? Would he do dollars or gold or both? Uh, no, both. I mean, both. Uh, the problem with gold is it's, it's lost its mobility. You can't hop on a plane with a roll of 20 hour gold pieces anymore because they'll just take a plane. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it. Um, <clears throat> And at the local store, they probably basically, you know, would, would take dollars. The thing, you have to look at it uh, and assuming that the person on the other side doesn't even know what a $20 gold piece is. All right. So uh, I would recommend like the, the old silver coins, mm -hmm. 64 and back. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, you got somebody at a Starbucks that go, oh, yeah, okay, fine. 64, I know they're the good ones. You know, you have to address it to kindergarten. Um, uh, but, you know, look, I mean, I think anything tangible is going to basically make the transition to whatever new currency we end up with. Okay. I mean, they would like it some sort of a digital currency um, so that you can't even find a hundred dollar bill in a parking lot anymore and cheat them out of their 50 percent you know? <laughs> um, okay final question um on a scale of one to ten ten being most confident how confident are you martin armstrong with the long-term survivability that just that safety in bitcoin one to ten mm. 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 <laughs> Look, I, I would basically um, put it under five, really. Really? Maybe two or three. Really? Mainly because uh, I'm concerned, one, about power grids. Okay. Right? That's the first thing you're going to see attacked in a, in a, Some, uh, in a war. In a war. All right. So any digital currency, not just Bitcoin, but yeah. I mean, I, I'm not fond of any digital currency. Uh it, uh, and I'm not sure that Bitcoin will really survive because it's competition to the government. And when the, if the government's going to default, they don't want any competition. How can right. they? But the, the, you know the real the real uh, Bitcoin geeks. You know they claim that the government couldn't stop it if they wanted to. Do you think that's true? No, they very easily really? they can stop it. They just write a law. You know that's money laundering. Oh, that's I it. see. That's, but that still wouldn't stop it. Would it, Martin Armstrong, even if they make it illegal? Hell, they they make all these drugs illegal. It hasn't stopped them at all. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? It's a bit different. Because uh, they would go after the guys with the computers that are the market makers and treat them as banks. I see. 
Um, So that would be a bit different. Drugs, you know, it's between two people on the street, whatever. Um, They're sneaking across the border. That's a little bit different. Uh, Do not trust government under any circumstance (laughs) whatsoever. Um, They just lie. um, So you don't put any of your customers or recommend and clients in the the digital Bitcoin? No. uh, You know, I would prefer the the tangible side mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i mean keep cash for liquidity right now um you know not euros or or pounds or canadian dollars just u.s dollars because u.s will be the last to ever cancel yeah. uh, and <clears throat> uh, you know i would just be looking at anything that's tangible i mean the collectibles uh anything with a limited metals. Yeah, limited value anything with a limited value i mean i'm sorry yeah, limited I mean, supply limited supply that's what you're kind of looking at because those are the things that always make the transition yeah um yeah. and i can tell you that even after world war ii um in the 50s and 60s all the rare german stamps were in america <laughs> is that right yeah. um they were using stamps to to get money out of of Europe because it you know it didn't even track his metal. Well, Martin Armstrong, um, thank you for saying so long. I kind of kept you over. Uh, his new book is coming out called "The Seizure of Russia." It's a big one. In a in a week or so, go to Martin. Go to ArmstrongEconomics.com. He has a lot of different services and newsletter, a lot of great blogs, and you can then get the book there. I guess the book will be available all over as well. Amazon and yes. stuff. Yeah, cool. Yes. Cool. All right, sir. You take care of yourself and uh, stay under the radar. And it's always well, an honor. I'm trying. Always an honor to have you here. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to see you. Thank take you, care. sir. Bye-bye. Martin Armstrong, OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, that's kind of fun, huh? I hope you got a lot out of that one, as I did. And um, we will have some fun tomorrow as well. Max Egan. Do you know Max? He's a good one. Max Egan, thecrowhouse.com, and he's a political, geopolitical, spiritual kind of uh, guy, um, really cool guy. I think you'll like him. And if you haven't heard from him, join us, and that'll be uh, tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Max Egan on OneRadioNetwork.com. So we're in for some fun. We're going to try to keep you up to date as best we can, uh, Tom Luongo is back in a couple of weeks, and he's really a good one as far as this whole thing. But I think uh, uh, Martin Armstrong is a very um, well-thought-out, intelligent fellow, as you heard. And I think he's, you know, who knows? Nobody knows for sure what's going on. But we're going to try to keep you as up-to-date as we can so you can weather whatever storms are in in, wor- in the works. And there's a lot. Um uh, tomorrow we're also going to do a thing after Max Egan. More on our whole theories about how we create a reality, how we create disease, how we get rid of disease, uh, our specialty, uh, how we get, how we age, and all of that. We'll do that around noon tomorrow after Max Egan. Okay. Thanks for everything. I love you all. Uh, let me know if I can help. Let me know if I can help. A quick little plug here. Speaking of that, we came to the conclusion not long ago that uh, what people really need more than most anything is uh, have somebody just listen to them 
and talk about their, you know, the spiritual stuff, or you know, what they're doing here, um, their stress, their concerns, their hopes, their fears, um, and their health all combined. Um, and so we're doing a little thing that people, uh, that we have started to do. It's called Patrick in Your Pocket, and it's just a, a coaching session that I'm offering, very low cost, one one price, and then un- e- unlimited email support for the service, and we do an hour, I'm going to do one this afternoon, we do an hour uh, one-on-one with video, you'll get a copy of the video, a copy of the audio, and I will listen to you uh, more than anybody has ever listened to you, I won't try to sell you on anything that I believe to be true, I will try to find out what you want to, uh, what are concerned about, what you want to do to move forward spiritually, and that just means who you are, where you are, why you are, how you got here, stuff, and then also physically with, um, you know, health issues, relationships, stuff like that. One of my specialties, I have good relationships because um, I'm aware of how this all works. So I'm offering that for you, and uh, just email me, put Patrick in your pocket in the um, um, subject line, and then we'll work out a time and get together. And then unlimited email support. So just email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Okay, kids, I'll see you tomorrow with Max Egan. That'll be fun. And that's at 10 o'clock Central Time. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. <laughs>